Have you ever wondered why it is that we are seeing in these last 10, 20 years such a lack of long-term faithfulness in ministry? Hi friends, this is Caleb Suko, and you are listening to the Gospel Today podcast, and I'm going to be talking about faithfulness in ministry, and in particular, why is it that, and maybe this is, this is my personal observation, but I think you'll probably agree with me, that if we compare what we saw, let's say, 50 years ago, with what we're seeing now in ministry contexts, in churches, and even in other ministries, that there is a lot less faithfulness. And by faithfulness, I mean long-term commitment to doing ministry, oftentimes in, in one place, or at least one type of ministry, and long-term commitment to doing that from beginning to end. There is a lack of that today, and I want to go in and take a look at a few reasons, in fact, six reasons why I really do believe that there is a lack of faithfulness in ministry today. And this is really brought about because this Sunday, my father is going to be celebrating 40 years of ministry at Discovery Baptist Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. I wish I could be there for it, but because of coronavirus, COVID, and quarantine, I'm here in Odessa, Ukraine. But I've been thinking about this idea of faithfulness because 40 years in ministry is nothing to sneeze at. In fact, I'm 43 years old, so my father started Discovery Baptist Church when I was three years old. There's a picture there and I'm of the first service, and there I am in my mom's arms as a three-year-old. I remember those very early years of the church, and now 40 years later, he's retiring that's pretty rare. That's pretty rare for a pastor to have that long-term faithfulness like my dad has had. And I hope, one of my ideas actually, I need to talk to him about this, but I'd like to get him on the podcast too sometime just to talk about faithfulness and, and what that really means in ministry. But today I want to just look at a couple of reasons why I think there's this lack of faithfulness in ministry. But of course, before we get to that, let me give you a quick update, a few things that are going on in here in Odessa, Ukraine, so that you can be praying for us. We really, really do appreciate your prayers. We've, we've completed the summer now. As for everyone, it's unusual, unusual time, unusual summer. But as we go into fall, we, God has just been giving us new ministry opportunities. And it's sometimes a little bit of a struggle to know how best to to choose these ministry opportunities that we have. And one of those things that I always go back to is, okay, what am I called here to do? And, and the primary calling of really of any missionary, of any evangelist, of any pastor is to preach the gospel. And so I really want to focus on those things that allow me to be able to preach the gospel to people who want to listen to the gospel, to people who want to, who need to hear the gospel. And, and secondarily, those things which allow me to help teach and help others preach the gospel. Uh, that's like the simplest way to look at it. And so a couple of the gospel opportunities that we've had and, and that we will continue to have here, one is that I think I mentioned this before in the last, well, the last podcast actually was um, Christine and I were talking 
about, um, what were we talking about? Oh, about our son, about our son, Michelle, leaving. Um, we were talking about that, but I think maybe I mentioned this, but with our, with our Center for Evangelism and Discipleship, we've written a new seminar during this time of quarantine. And so we've been able to teach that so far in here in Odessa, in Kiev, or uh, a, a smaller group there, and then recently in Carpathian Mountains for a group of, of missionaries. And right now we're getting ready to uh, finalize some of those things and improve the materials for this seminar called Barriers to the Gospel, How to Overcome Them. And we're going to be teaching that again to a group in Kiev. And one of the things that we're going to do is, is try to train some other people to teach this. So we'll really appreciate your prayers for that and your donations as well, because it, it does take some funds as far as travel and printing materials. If if you want to to join with us in helping to really aid churches here in Ukraine to do a better job of preaching the gospel, then then we really appreciate your donations uh, because we will be needing to print some some material for this, material for the teachers, material for the students, uh, as well as doing some travel to to go to some of these places that, that want it to be taught. And so we have a number of opportunities to to share share these seminars. We're also going to be doing some good soil seminars this month. Uh, in Kiev, uh, to in Odessa, and and also I need wisdom and just just being able to try to balance my time so that I can can make sure that I can get those done. And then the the second the second thing is with our with our new uh, church that we're planting this international Odessa International Fellowship. Really, really appreciate your prayers about that. Um, you know, all of these these things are just a exercise and trusting the Lord because we don't know what's what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with quarantine. We don't God knows. Uh but but uh whenever you start something new, it definitely increases your need to trust God and we pray that he would come through and we ask you to pray that that he would help us to reach internationals here in Odessa. We need to be doing outreach so that we can be consistently reaching them with the gospel. And one of the ways that we're doing that this falls through Russian Club, which we're going to be starting at the end of this month on June or June. Why am I in June still? And on September 26th. And so please pray for our Russian Club on September 26th, and pray for our Odessa International Fellowship. Uh, we are trying to are moving forward with that, and hopefully, I think maybe next month we're going to do like an official church start. Uh, and uh, have some other churches join with us to recognize us, to bless us. And, yeah, we really appreciate your prayers for that. So thank you so much for praying. Thank you for your donations as well. And if you are not on our prayer list, you can go to sukofamily.org slash pray. And you can also find out how to give through our mission agency, ABWE, on our website too, sukofamily.org. Okay, I think that's uh, a Quick update, I guess. Uh, if you have any questions, please let me know. Send me a note. And send me a note at caleb at, sugo dot, caleb at sugofamily.org. And let me know what your question is, and I will try to answer it. But let's go back to this question about faithfulness. Faithfulness. You know, faithfulness is kind of an interesting word, because I think all often when we think about faithfulness, we think about somebody that has done something for long term. They've, they've had the patience and the stick and the endurance to continue doing one 
thing, one important thing for a very long period of time. Certainly that is true. But I think that when we speak of faithfulness in terms of 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 the church, in ter- terms of biblical faithfulness, that we really need to include or think more heavily about the aspect of faith. Okay, <laughs> there's a reason that it says faithfulness. And that is that faithfulness is not just about doing one thing for a very long time. Faithfulness is about believing so intensely with all your heart that the thing you are doing is right because God said it's right, that there is nothing that will stop you from doing that one thing. Faithfulness is primarily rooted in belief. And the reason for that is obviously should be should be very clear because when you truly believe, there will be faithfulness. And I want to talk about reasons for lack, especially lack of pastoral faithfulness. But I just want to preface that with saying that in when it all comes down to it, the reason for a lack of faithfulness is a lack of faith. The reason for a lack of endurance in ministry is because of a lack of belief in God and His Word. And we might not, not like the sound of that, but that's really what it comes down to. And so when you look at someone who has been a good example of biblical faithfulness, you ought to know that that faithfulness isn't, doesn't just like magically appear. It's not just like, oh, well, that's just the kind of guy they are. Well, yeah, they are because they were made that way because of their faith, their belief in Jesus Christ, in God's word, and in the truth that they found there. And that belief went so deep that it came out in their actions, in their relationships over a long period of years. So at its root, faithfulness is faith. It is faith in action over time, basically. That's probably a good way to say it. So why do we see this lack of pastoral faithfulness or lack of faith faithfulness in ministry today? I propose that there are six reasons, six main reasons. <laughs> Honestly, there's more. But these, these are ones that as I begin to meditate on this and think about it, these, these are the ones that, that really stuck out to me. And the first reason is an entertainment approach to ministry. What I mean by an entertainment approach to ministry is an approach that focuses on, on doing things that people want as a primary means of reaching them. So, so attracting people to your church, to your ministry, to yourself, to whatever it is, with, primarily with, with means other than Jesus Christ and the gospel. And so that is, obviously, we do things. I mean, 
there, there are things that will attract people to the church other than the gospel. That's not always wrong. That happens. Uh, that can be okay. But when this type of an entertainment approach to ministry is your focus, is your primary means of attracting people, that results in a lack of faithfulness. And let's, I want to look here at a, a couple of scriptures, especially in 1 Corinthians, because I believe that when you look at 1 Corinthians, the first few chapters of 1 Corinthians, Paul lays out such a wonderful ministry paradigm that, that every pastor, every church leader ought to read and know well. And I remember a couple of years ago, we had this conference for small churches. We thought, you know what? Everyone wants to copy the big churches. Everyone wants to be like the big church. Let's do something for the small churches. Let's tell the small churches that they can be faithful, and God's blessing is on them if they're faithful in these things. And, and, I, and I use primarily 1 Corinthians 2, 3, and 4. But anyway, getting off point here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Listen to what Paul says. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come preaching to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest on the wisdom of men but in the power of God. This is such a wonderful example of a ministry that is not built on the entertainment approach. In fact, it seems that Paul goes to length to explain, to show that his ministry was built on the power and the wisdom of God. Entertainment is the power and wisdom of men. And Paul says, no, I didn't come with lofty speech. I didn't come doing things that would just kind of attract you because Paul is such an amazing and gifted and talented and interesting person. No, he was with them in weakness and in fear and in trembling. But his message was powerful because his message came with the power of the Spirit. And so Paul presents this type of a paradigm for ministry, attracting people with Christ, attracting people with the truth of the gospel, attracting people with the gospel, basically, right? <laughs> and Jesus and who he is. And so the main problem with, with entertainment is that it focuses on pleasing men rather than God. And that is so, so tiring. I mean, it really is. And that's why you see that often those pastors and church leaders who are really focused on trying to make church exciting, make it interesting, entertain their people, get them in with different kinds of plays and all kinds of stuff, you find that they often are more prone to burnout. Why? Because they have to rely more on man's abilities rather than on God's. And that's why also I think that oftentimes those 
church leaders that are caught up in an entertainment ministry paradigm also are more prone to depression, anxiety, disappointment. And in reality, when you look at this, if you focus on entertaining people, it will always, that entertainment will always be at the cost of discipleship and evangelism. It just will. And, you know, I don't want to be just throwing stones here because I struggle with this. You know, I see I see people that need to be reached with the gospel. And sometimes I just, you know, well, let's just do a big fun event and stuff, okay? And again, don't hear me wrong here. <clears throat> We're not called to make church boring. We're not called to make it uninteresting. We're not called to be unimaginative. Those are all fine things, but this is not our focus. The focus should always be the gospel, okay? And that's that's where we get off. And, and so what I find is that the more time and energy I focus on things that are outside of the gospel, that are just, that are events, that are activities, that are different things that are interesting for people to get them, it's, it's time, it's planning, it's, it's organization. And, and the less I focus on studying God's word, preparing for a sermon, and engaging in that real discipleship, whether it's discipleship through just preaching God's word to to God's people, or preaching God's word to unbelievers, or or doing one-on-one discipleship. So, entertainment approach to ministry, I believe, is is one of the reasons for lack of pastoral faithfulness because it leads to burnout, it leads to depression, anxiety, disappointment among pastors, and there are some that can do entertainment ministry for a long time, but for many people. You know, after five or six years of that, they just got to move on because they have exhausted their own entertainment resources. That is point number one. Number two, the second reason why there is a lack of faithfulness in the ministry. And that is, I mean, honestly, these are all connected, but that is, the second reason is a focus on metrics. What it means, like metrics, like, okay, how much is your church growing? How much are people giving? And again, I'm fine. We can talk about these things. We can record these things. Obviously, there's some financial responsibilities here, but I'm talking about a focus on it, where this becomes your primary goal. We've got to raise more money. We've got to get more people in. We've got to do this. We've got to build a bigger building. We've got to, you know, metrics. Metrics are ways of measuring temporary things. Now, you might say, well, yeah, but what about, you know, counting how many people got saved. Sure, there are ways that we try to measure eternal things, and we often fail miserably at doing that, because in the end, we don't always know who got saved. We know who raised their hands. We know who went forward. We know who got baptized, but we don't always see the heart, and God does. So even that is kind of a, a bit of a dangerous thing. And again, the, f- the idea is here is, is focus. What are we focused on? I, I don't find anywhere in the New Testament, you know, Paul doesn't say to Timothy, Timothy, make sure to keep a good record of Sunday morning attendance. Timothy, make sure to always write down how many people raise their hand. I, I don't see that. Of course, we see in the book of Acts that there 
is some county and 3,000 people came to or repented, got baptized in the book of Acts. Uh, so if anything, we see we do see some counting with baptisms, but after that, you know, we don't really see anything. So I don't, I don't see this focus in Scripture, and I think that, that, again, we can easily get off on this focus, and what happens is if we're on this metrics focus, you know, what happens if, if we don't see growth? What happens if we, we don't see bigger numbers? We don't see more money? We don't see bigger buildings? Well, we get discouraged. And then we think, well, maybe I need to move on to a different ministry. And people move on. Or maybe there is growth, you know, but it's a little bit of growth. You know, I'd like to see a little more growth. And and so so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, you know, this my church here, now I grew it up to 100 people, and I'm going to put my resume out there, and maybe that church in neighboring town has 200 people will take me. And bam, you know, my metrics doubled. So focus on metrics can definitely get results in numbers. They can grow numbers. But it doesn't mean that the gospel is growing. We're called to preach, teach, to serve, to love. We're not called necessarily to count and calculate and add up how many people there are in the seats I remember what Paul says in 1 Corinthians to the Corinthians there. He says, listen, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Let God give the growth. Otherwise, you can get disappointed. You're going to try to go to a new church. Okay, so anyway, that's reason number two for a lack of faithfulness is this too much of a focus on metrics. Number three, third reason for a lack of faithfulness in ministry is a fulfillment ideology a personal fulfillment ideology. Or let's put it another way, follow your dreams theology. You know, follow your dreams, follow your dreams, do what you like, and you're always going to be at peace and happy and excited and everything's going to be good. That's sort of an American dream type, type theology. Do what makes you happy. Pursue your dreams, follow your heart, and unfortunately that has come over into ministry. And again, I want to make sure you don't misunderstand me here. I'm not saying that God will not fulfill you. God fulfills you. He fills you in wonderful, amazing ways through ministry. And he gives you a lot of difficulties. And and this idea of fulfillment theology, that if I'm in the right ministry, then I'm going to feel good good about myself and going to feel fulfilled and stuff, you know, I, I don't really see that in Philippians chapter 2, where it talks about the kenosis, Christ emptying himself and taking on the, the form of a man and of a servant and of a criminal on the cross. This, this not, doesn't sound like self-fulfillment to me. That sounds like fulfilling God's will to me. And fulfilling God's will is, is not about self-fulfillment. It's about giving glory to God and emptying yourself. Same thing with Paul where he talks about how he's been shipwrecked and beat and all kinds of terrible things have happened to him. Because he was there to fulfill the, the will of God to preach the gospel. So don't get tripped up in this self-fulfillment ideology. 
Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul instructs the Corinthians, he corrects their outlook on what a church leader should look like and what a church leader really is when he says, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. They're not faithful in order to get some sort of self-fulfillment. They're faithful because they're required to be faithful because they have a master that they are serving. And in the case of Christianity that they want to serve, that is wonderful to serve. So how a minister, how a pastor thinks of himself is vitally important. And to expect ministry to fulfill me and to wait for it to fulfill me, to have the expectation, in the end, that will disappoint me. I mean, what if Jesus was searching for self-fulfillment in his ministry? He wouldn't go to the cross. He, he wouldn't do a lot of things. In fact, I think that sometimes people make a mistake of thinking, of, of experiencing some of these regular ministry difficulties and then saying, you know, I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is calling me to a different ministry. I just feel unsettled here. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've heard that before from people. I'm like, wait a minute, you, like, you've been there a year. You've been there two years. What, what are you talking about? I mean, it's not the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's probably more likely that's Satan than the Holy Spirit. Just because you experienced a few difficulties, you feel a little unsettled. I mean, my goodness, have a little bit of endurance. What happened to the idea of endurance? So let, let's get rid of that fulfillment ideology, follow your dreams, and let's replace it with a endurance theology, right? With a servant and steward theology, because it is required of stewards that they be found faithful, 1 Corinthians 4.2. The fourth reason why there's a lack of faithfulness in ministry is a lack of personal growth in God's Word. And let, let's go straight to the Scripture here, because this is just so clear what Paul is asking Timothy to do in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. He says, practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. That's the idea of faithfulness, isn't it? Persist in this. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Paul is giving Timothy very personal instructions here. And when he says practice, immerse, so that all may see your progress, keep close watch. He's talking about his personal, intimate life in God's Word, his spiritual life. And and, and pastors and, and ministers, and I've seen this happen before, that they, they study only to preach. They study only to teach others. And you think, well, but, but that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yes, it is, it is, it is. But here's the one place where pastors and teachers and ministers can be selfish and should be selfish when you study Study for yourself before you study for 
anyone else. Whether it's a sermon or a Sunday school lesson, study for yourself. Practice these things yourself. Keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Persist in it because only that way will you save yourself and others. And I've seen it, I've seen it, friends, too many times. People that are well-versed in theology, that know many scriptures, that know the Old Testament, that know the New Testament, that know the little nuances of theology, that, and they know a lot, but, but they don't practice a lot. There's no progress spiritually in their life. They're not really immersed in it, just in their head. They're not keeping a close watch on themselves they're just doing it so they can teach others. So, pastors, I really believe sometimes they leave the ministry because they really have nothing else to give. They gave away everything. They, they, they gave away their knowledge of Scripture and they did not invest in that knowledge in themselves. And, and that's sad. And what happens is when you... When you study only for others, you can do that for a time, but eventually what happens is you become apathetic about that truth. And you have to get up in front and you have to give some sort of a, make it look like you care about this truth, but, but you've become apathetic yourself towards that truth. And again, people can keep up the charade for some time, but after a while they get burned out and they have their... 30, 40, 50 sermons, and they go to another church and they preach them there. So lack of personal growth in the Word, I think, is one reason for a lack of faithfulness in the ministry. The fifth reason, and I have six here, so there's just <laughs> two more left. The fifth reason for lack of faithfulness in ministry is hidden or ignored sin. And we can go back to the previous text here, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Or Paul says, keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. I think he's talking about his purity. He talks in other places there in First Timothy about making sure to keep his, his life pure. In fact, earlier in chapter 4, too, he talks about, you know, be an example for all. But anyway, I think that sometimes there are either hidden, what I mean by hidden is, is some sort of a sin that's done at home and... What, it might be a sin that is, that is purely in the mind that other people don't see. It might be anger, it might be jealousy, it might be sexual fantasies, it might be a sin that is not only in the mind and heart, but that has already creeped out in, into real life. But, but pastors that struggle with, with those sins will often not stay long in a certain ministry because they don't want to be found out. And and the other issue here too, don't think that this is just some, these are only has to deal with, you know, the real terrible, you know, sexual sins that that we see. But I think it also has to do with ignored sins. And by ignored sins, I mean sometimes we struggle with a drift, with a drift in our focus. And I, I've seen ministry leaders become a lot more interested in their hobbies than in their Bibles. I've seen them more interested in whatever their hobby may be, whatever their sport may be. Maybe it's a sport, maybe it's fishing, maybe it's a motorcycle, maybe it's a 
TV show. I don't know. But it's so easy to, to let our focus, let our interest drift into these things and have an ex- ignored sin in our life. It's not really anything bad, but it has become an idol in our lives. So hidden or ignored sin is the fifth reason for lack of faithfulness in ministry. And then the final one. And, and I think this is this is a really big one. I think this is a bigger one than, than most of us give credit for. 2 Timothy 4, verse 5, Paul tells Timothy, As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. This is a great verse for faithfulness. This idea of enduring, of doing the work, of always, just, it, it, it just, it's faithfulness. It's faithfulness through and through. I mean, it's, it's just soaked with faithfulness. But what is the problem here that I see? I think that too often there is a failure in church leaders to do the work of evangelism. Do the work of an evangelist, Paul tells Timothy. And we have regulated too often this to other people. Pastors have regulated it to other people. Now, we could go into a whole nother podcast here and talk about what does Paul mean when he tells Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. Certainly, without any doubt, this includes preaching the gospel to those who have never heard. But I also believe that it includes, and we can see this if we look at the context of First and Second Timothy, preaching the gospel to those who believe. But notice how Paul prefaces it. He says, do the work of an evangelist. He's not talking about somebody that has three or four very good, tear-jerking evangelistic sermons and goes around and preaches them everywhere. That's really not that much work. Talk about somebody that does the work of continually teaching day in, day out, arguing for the gospel, teaching the gospel, applying the gospel, correcting people when they don't follow the gospel. The work of an evangelist is the work of someone who spends that time digging in the word and then spends that time giving over the gems that he has found in the word to others who are in need of them. Probably the best example that I can think of here is Acts, I believe it's Acts chapter 20. Um, Let me just double check that. I think it's Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter uh, 20 where Paul talks about his... um, let me hold on. Yeah, yeah. Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 17, I believe towards the, to the end of the chapter there, through verse 38, where Paul talks about his ministry in Ephesus. Go look at that. Acts chapter 20, verse 17 through 38. That I studied that recently, and what an encouragement. What a 
And what an exhortation to be faithful in preaching and teaching the gospel to the people that God has given me to preach to. And so Paul was a wonderful example of this. But what do we see instead? We see lazy pastors, let's admit it, who are not that interested in doing the work. They're just interested in preaching sort of emotionally charged sermons. Or maybe they don't even do that. Uh, we see that instead of doing the work of an evangelist, we see pastors oftentimes focusing more on doing the work of a corporate leader. Instead of doing the work of evangelists, we see pastors doing the work of a janitor or construction worker. And, and again, I don't, you have to, I understand there's small churches here that don't have a lot of deacons and everything, but, but you know, if you are a church leader, understand that your primary role is, is teaching the gospel. And, and there are times when, yeah, you might have to do some janitorial work and stuff like that. But if you focus on preaching the gospel, you will eventually find some faithful men to come alongside of you and help you with those things. That's, that's my experience. That's what I've seen in the lives of, of those who, who preach the gospel very consistently. So we see pastors doing the work of a PR manager instead of preaching the gospel. We see them doing the work of a cheerleader, of a coach. I don't, do you, have you heard that term before? Coaching, coaching. I don't know. That became popular. Might have to do a podcast on that. I don't. I don't want to be called a coach. I, I want to be a pastor. I don't want to be called a coach. I want to be a discipler. I want to be an evangelist. I think that's just so much more biblical than being a coach. Anyway, <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that one later. Um, we see pastors that. Instead of doing the work of an evangelist, they're doing the work of an event planner. Friends, we need to be sober-minded here. We need a serious approach to the work of a minister, of a pastor. We need those who, instead of looking for self-fulfillment, will fulfill their ministry, will fulfill the will of God. We need people ready to do the work. These are the reasons that I see for lack of pastoral faithfulness. An entertainment approach, focus on metrics, fulfillment ideology, lack of personal growth in the word, hidden or ignored sin, and failure to do the work of an evangelist. I'd like to hear what you think about this. Why do you think that there is a lack of, of, a lack of faithfulness in the ministry today? I hope that you are faithful, and I know that there are there are faithful people out there still, and God can definitely make us faithful. And I'm thankful for my father, who for 40 years has been faithful as a pastor, as a minister, as a preacher of the gospel. Um, if you have a chance, you can check out his retirement service on discoverybaptist.org. I think you can click on the live stream there. And, watch that the surface the service will be on september 13th i believe something like 2 2 30 in the afternoon um pacific coast time so you can watch it live then or if you're hearing this later you can check out the the, uh, the recording of the live stream all right friends that is it for this podcast thank you for listening to me my name is caleb suko and you can find out a lot more information about me and my family 
at sugofamily.org. We are in Odessa, Ukraine, serving the Lord by His grace and by the goodness of God's people to us. So we appreciate your prayers. We appreciate your support.